The Kansas City region reacts to the coronavirus. I'm Dave Helling of the Kansas City Star's editorial board. Greetings, you are on Deep Background. Well, greetings, you're on Deep Background for March 12th. 2020. Dave Helling with the Kansas City Stars editorial board uh, with you, uh, my friend and colleague Derek Donovan with the board uh, with us as well for the podcast. And my other colleagues are busily wiping down the table and microphones with bleach covered uh, uh, cloths because of the (laughs) uh, current environment in which we live. And that, of course, involves something called the coronavirus or the disease COVID-19. We'll maybe get into a little bit of that. But it, it is all that anyone is really talking about or thinking about. And so I welcome uh, Katie Bernard of the staff to her first podcast. Katie, great to have you great with us. Thank great you. to be here. And then Eric Adler, of course, who's been on Deep Background before and one of the great reporters at the Star. Let's just summarize as we sit around the table. The mayor of Kansas City has declared an emergency, state of an emergency. Minutes ago as of just this recording. Just minutes ago. Uh, the uh, Big 12 basketball t- tournament goes on, but without spectators. Uh, Eric, you'll talk to us a little bit about churches and places mm-hmm. of faith mm-hmm. that have made some decisions. The St. Patrick's Day parade in Kansas City was canceled. KUMU, K-State, all telling its students to take part in classes uh, by uh, computer rather than showing up in... in, in... Go ahead, Eric. Right, which I have to do. So NCAA, March Sadness, also March Madness, March Sadness. Yeah, NCAA has right. been changed. South I mean, Southwest. It seems yeah. like yesterday was a bit of an, an inflection point. But Katie, let's go back to Sunday when this sort of first bubbled up, not necessarily obviously around the world, but in Kansas and Missouri when I think you were on duty and the governor, Governor Laura Kelly, uh, called a news conference. And it seems like things have just really escalated from there. Talk about that story and what really is happening on the Kansas side based on your reporting. Right. So on Saturday afternoon, uh, probably around 4.30 issue was just after I left the office from that shift. The governor in Kansas called news conference to announce the first coronavirus uh, case in the Kansas City area. Um, it was a woman um, under 50 in Johnson County who had uh, returned from a trip in the Northeast. Um, had She had at that point done, from what health officials said, everything right. She wore a mask on the plane. She called her doctor before she came in. Um, and I had already been self-quarantined. Um, and so that was the first case in the area. We also at the same time did see a case announced in Missouri, right. in, the, in St. Louis in the, County. In the St. Louis area. Yeah. And as we sit here today, those are the only known cases, correct? Correct. We don't expect it to stay that way, do we? I mean, uh, obviously, all of these actions that we're taking suggest that there's a fear on somebody's part that this is going to exponentially grow in our in our region. Right, right. When I was talking to Mary Beverly, who's the... Um, she is a Johnson County Health official on Sunday. She said that it's only a matter of time in this area before we see community transmission and that with the number of cases that see few to no symptoms, there's a relatively decent chance that there already is community transmission. We just can't prove it. Yeah, and, and obviously one of the big issues is we're not testing enough to really know if that's the case. Right. Do we know the condition of this woman in Johnson County now? I mean, is she, mm-hmm. you know, it's been fatal in other cases, which of course is why people are so worried. I don't get the sense it's an issue here. 
I don't believe so. Um, as of the weekend she was being quarantined at her home, which indicated that it was a relatively minor case, she was admitted to the University of Kansas Hospital on Monday. But as of that point, um, the doctors there said that she was doing well. Yeah, and hospitals, of course, are obviously gearing up for whatever may be coming around the pike. Well, Eric, you reported a little bit on the Big 12 Mm -hmm. decision-making, and you've talked about faith uh, decisions at churches and mosques, that kind of thing. It's been extraordinary, hasn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, and I I don't think we can emphasize too much. I mean, also yesterday, the World Health Organization declared, um, I mean, I think like we knew it would be, but declared the coronavirus outbreak, uh, COVID-19, to be a worldwide pandemic. And so the, the idea, like, you know, we have one case in Missouri um, from St. Louis County, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Yeah. Probably confirmed. Cool, somewhere over right, there. Right, confirmed. Yeah. And then one case in Johnson County in all the state of Kansas. I, I think you'll get a sense from people that they think, oh, is this being hyped? Uh, is this being, uh, you know, are we, are we overreacting right. to something that is small? And I think all reliable health experts around the world will tell you, no, we're not overreacting. And in fact, if the United States has been doing anything, it's perhaps been underreacting. Right. And perhaps. Yeah, and perhaps. And not reacting uh, and preparing as it ought to be. And in fact, I think the belief is, is that if there were more testing going on and more testing kits and et cetera, that you would find the numbers even higher in the United States and even in our own community than we think. Probably the most trenchant point about all of this is that this is a novel coronavirus. And so the reason that public health authorities are, I don't want to say freaking out because that's not the right word, but concerned is because this is something additional to the other things we already know how to control for that. We know we've got this many influenza cases. We know we have this many strep throat. This is something that's on top of that. Right. And, you know, I don't want to press the numbers too much, but I think the numbers at this point are something like 120,000 confirmed cases around the world something like 4,000-something deaths. I mean, you don't have to be a math genius to know that that's a 4% death rate of those numbers of confirmed cases. Now, hopefully that will be a lot less, but 4% of the people, of the number of cases of infections uh, leading to mortality is, is a, a dramatically high number. Yeah, and but it did seem as if yesterday, uh, Eric, uh, and maybe you'll disagree with this, but it, d- it did seem like it reached a bit of a, cri- uh, a climax in some ways in terms of the public reaction when the NCAA tournament announcement was made that you referred to, when the right. Big 12 and other tournaments, basketball tournaments, said, no, we will we'll play, but not in front of people. Uh, and, and, and again, parades canceled across the country. What does that suggest to you, that the people are ahead of the authorities in this reaction in terms of sort of putting pressure on these groups? Why are we even having group meetings? I mean, you do get the sense that that the public is beginning to demand some drastic reactions, which I think we'd all agree canceling or, or changing the tournament in the way it has is is drastic. I mean, it, it's never happened before. Right, right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that uh, most of the reaction that's going on right now is coming from private groups, uh, you know, businesses right. and, and colleges and organizations are sort of taking it upon themselves, listening to the, the credible news that's out there and saying, you know, we need to take action now. We don't want our, 
our, our employees infected. We don't want people going away on trips. Because the reality is, if you know people go to a KU game and 25 people die, there's going to be a real on-the-ground effect to the people who put that game on, and they're not worried about re-election. And so they're just trying to do what's right. 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 I don't think yeah, they don't want the responsibility. Certainly don't want to be a, you know part of a problem. Uh, Correct. You know, you know it's, it's better. Right. I mean, really, is safety first. But it but it is point. one thing to cancel a basketball game. It's another, Katie, to cancel college. I mean, in, right. and some universities are literally saying, "Go home mm-hmm. and don't come back." Yeah. Period. Again, that does seem to suggest that there is a heightened sense of the emergency that now faces the country that may not have been here last week and may not have been here Sunday when you first reported your part of this story. Absolutely. I mean, even if you look at the progression of yesterday, you saw the first press conference in the morning with Kansas City um, saying we're still preparing for the parade. We are still um, moving ahead with the Big 12 tournament. And within less than 18 hours, everything had been shifted to 180. And that all directly followed that announcement from the World Health Organization that this is now a pandemic where they, you know, highlighted the countries that were doing well and said, those of you, you yeah. who aren't, you know who you are. And I really got the sense that, and I think uh, our colleague Sam Mellinger uh, pointed this out, Every everybody was waiting for someone else to make the first move. And then once that happened, it was really right. became sort of a snowball of cancellations and reactions to the right. To I, the situation. You know, I wish that, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Hardy isn't sitting here right now, a business reporter, right, because right. he's right now working on a story about sort of the economic impact of this in Kansas and City. And it's huge. Around, I mean, yeah, it's huge. Should, yeah. Right. I mean, the domino effect of this is just going to be, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to say cataclysmic, but I think if right. you take a look at the stock market and what's been happening in the last week and a half, I think we know what, what the business community thinks that, you know, the, the, you know, you cancel something like the Big 12 tournament, and we're talking about, you know, restaurants and right. cab uh, drivers servers and cab drivers right. and hotel Hotels. rooms yeah. and people's Bars, tip money, the whole, the whole gig economy right. that, that relies on, on these sorts of and, things. And aren't we learning uh, to, to, you know, maybe to some people's surprise how interlocked our economy is in this way and how unprepared we are for the, that lack of connections. I mean, I'm sure the hospitals, well, we have a plan for a pandemic and the health department, we have a plan, but nobody has a plan for canceling a tournament that then shuts down the power and light district, which means less revenue, which means the city. I mean, it's all part, Katie, isn't it, of a bigger picture that still remains highly unsettled as we sit here today. Absolutely. I mean, you're even seeing on social media different small businesses that are saying, please still try to get out here, try to buy from our store because right. we don't know how we're going to survive. You know, the four next. or $5,000 less a week or right. whatever's coming in the door in Lawrence or in mm-hmm. Columbia mm-hmm. or in Manhattan, Kansas, mm-hmm. when sure. the college students have all gone home and not come back. I mean, that's going to be a problem. Right. I think yesterday I saw sort of an interesting, uh, I guess it's the word bifurcated reaction. Um, when we went to the Big 12, out, stood outside Sprint Center before the first game of the Big 12 tournament. And then meantime, I was also working on this story uh, about local churches and synagogues and mosques and what their reaction was. And like early in the morning, I'd called a number of churches and uh, especially the Catholic churches were saying, well, you know, we've, we're leaving it up to uh, the attendees whether or not they want to sip from you know the sacred blood of the chalice and uh, you know how it's wiped with a, a right. white cloth in between different parishioners. And by the end of the day, 
I'd gotten emails from everyone like, no, 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 you know, we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that anymore, at least from the Kansas side. We're not doing that anymore. And in fact, uh, uh, the Archbishop uh, Nauman uh, in Kansas sent out like 20 different rules saying, you know, we're emptying the, the, the fonts of water. Uh, other places in Kansas on the Missouri side are thinking maybe putting sand in them right. or, if, or nothing. Uh, no more sipping from, you know, the chalice. I mean, they suddenly... No more shaking of, hands. Yeah, no more shaking hands. No more the sign of peace. People are giving, literally giving the peace sign <laughs> around yeah. churches. Um, you know, priests are not going to be touching people. It's, you know, they suddenly... By the end of the day, everyone's saying, okay, now we're in serious mode. And then yet, when I went over to the Big 12 tournament, asked people like, you know, do you have any concerns? They're like, well, and I guess this makes sense. It's a certain population saying, well, we wouldn't be here if we were scared. And um, there's sort of a broad sense of whether this is being overhyped, whether this is a, a media. Uh, I mean, that, I heard that a lot, which to me was a little disturbing. Right, there was that, a backlash yeah, against the uh, over-reporting of right, it. Right, it's been over-reported, it's been overhyped. And I will tell you, I'm working on a story right now that should supposed to come over out this weekend, which talks about Kansas City's reaction to the last pandemic that we had, which would have been the 1918 flu, and frankly, how horrible Kansas City's reaction was to that flu. And worse than most, many, many other larger <laughs> cities around the country. And it was because, specifically in the early Pendergast days, that the, st the city stayed open. It was a business at all costs mentality. Let's keep the saloons open. Let's keep the streetcars running. Let's keep the movies open. And as a result, Kansas City had a greater death rate than New York City, than Chicago, we had one of the than Detroit, death rates in the one country. of the highest death rates in the country <laughs> right. because they were not shutting things down and because it wasn't taken seriously. Hey there, this is Derek Donovan of the Kansas City Star Editorial Board, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at the Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a deep background listener. By subscribing at that URL, you will get three months of unlimited digital access to the star for $1.99 total. That's right, you get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, our mobile apps, and more for three whole months, and it only costs you $1.99. That's a pretty sweet deal. Plus, you will be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So, go grab your computer or mobile device and head to KansasCity.com slash background. And hey, thanks for listening. And this is the grand irony of these arguments which amount to chicken and egg. If you don't mobilize people to try to take these things seriously, then it can spread further. But then if you try to really get everybody on board, they say you're overhyping it and you're making too big a deal out of it. Right. And in, in a lot of ways, the public health officials are in a no-win situation but, but, with public opinion. Without getting too far over my skis, it's also a result of the changes in the media environment uh, that we've seen uh, over the last 20 years in the sense that had this happened 20, 25 years ago, you would think that people would turn to trusted news sources, the newspaper, local television, local radio, but there wouldn't be, have been this sort mm -hmm. of wild west of ways for people to communicate conspiracy theories and this is a hoax and this, you know, you've got social media and all these other things. And that, Derek, you probably agree with this, is going to make reaction going forward even more difficult in a way, because it's it's difficult to sort of convince everybody 
that that this is a an issue and b we all hold the key to stopping it that it's not just canceling the basketball tournament it's washing your hands it's keeping your distance staying home when you're sick all of those individual responsibility uh, issues that some people will follow, but some won't. We, we don't have Cronkite moments anymore. Right. For better or for and, worse. And, and, and there are downsides, there are upsides to that as well. Yeah. And in a pandemic situation, that's probably when you need good, reliable information the most. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, just the way news is, is, is promulgated these days is also, it's, it's difficult for people. We, we're on this minute-to-minute news cycle, and so we were having discussions around the newsroom yesterday, like how much do we report everything that's happening in the moment without creating, with by to inform and without creating a sense of panic or a, a sense, you know, but when you get, you know, KU's canceling classes, MU is now canceling classes, NCAA is shutting this down, St. NBA Patrick's is shutting parade, down, and it comes yeah. one after another and another Boom. and another and another. It seems to be this sense of intensification of, of what's going on, and people start saying, oh, it's just the media trying to push this, but we're in this really difficult position well, right. saying, are we informing, or are we hyping, are we trying, be- we're not trying to hype, we're trying to inform, but it, it has that But But, but you, we're in a position, Katie, aren't we, where you know, when the governor comes out and holds a news conference on a Sunday about one illness, that communicates some sense of urgency on her part, right? I mean, it isn't the media that's hyping the governor talking about one illness. Uh, she's doing it. And and so you're in this sort of weird situation of events uh, pushing the envelope mm-hmm. as well as coverage as well. Right. And I think from talking to public health officials, they're also trying to strike that same balance of keep people informed, but don't incite panic. Uh, that was the conversations I had with Johnson County officials on Sunday was everyone in this area needs to be concerned. They also don't need to be scared yet. Um, and finding that balance because you are still having news conferences on Sundays and canceling major events. Um, is a really hard thing to strike. But it is one thing to say on Sunday or report on Monday, hey, there's one case in Johnson County and this is the reaction to it. And it's another when they canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade Mm -hmm. in terms not just of what we do, but the public perception of whether this is a big deal or not. I mean, I'm sure they thought it was a big deal on Monday. They think it's a huge deal now. Mm -hmm. Especially when you add in that... um, the two major universities in the area have shut down in-person classes. Yeah. Um, that's a huge right. signal that this is something that needs to be taken seriously. Yeah. There's also a gulf that we're sitting around here at the table of four journalists talking to people who listen to podcasts. We, we are people who really keep on top of things. The average American does not pay close attention to current events. Or I don't know about the average American, but there's a substantial proportion They're of They're all paying attention don't. to this, don't you? And, and they are. In a and, way that they don't to most stores. And, I mean, and it's I like think, a tornado watch for the whole nation. That's right? exactly right. It goes on and on and on and on. And with right. the NBA shutting down and Tom Hanks getting diagnosed, uh, right. you know, I, I saw some people saying last night, this is a real aha moment for a lot of folks that oh, no, this is not just people jabbering on TV, but this is real. Yeah, let me ask you guys sort of for an opinion here. Let's get, let's take the illness off the table and the reaction to it. There's clearly an economic part of this, too. I mean, obviously, the stock market is collapsing in some ways. And uh, as you mentioned, Eric, quite accurately, bars and taverns and restaurants it seems as if whatever happens with coronavirus, this will be a major story for months as that works its way through the system. Katie, you can go first if you want. You think that's right that, that you know, today it seems so much like a pivot point yesterday mm-hmm. 
Yet the reality is this is going to be a new reality for us for some time. That's that's probably fair. Uh, there's going to be reverbial effects from the things that have already happened for quite a while, um, especially, I mean, if you look on a global scale, Italy has all but shut down. So right. that alone is going to have I mean, they're talking about closing effects. down the Olympics. I wrote something yesterday that just said, hey, what about the two national political conventions? The Democrats meet in July. I mean, if it isn't over by July or we don't have a sense that it's over, maybe a big gathering like that might be in jeopardy. And again, the ancillary effects of all of that, you know, I cover politics, city hall, they have to have some sense of what their revenue is going to be. Well, who knows now? I mean, you lose sales tax, you lose mm -hmm. income tax, mm -hmm. unemployment goes up. It, it just seems as if, th it's a lengthy way of saying this story is just starting, right? That it yeah. didn't end yesterday when they changed the tournament. No, no. You, you think know, that's right? Yeah, I do. And I, th I think, you know, I try to think in terms of, I guess, because I've been doing news for so long, these are kind of iconic moments, you know, with these, exactly mon right. these montage moments that at, at some point there's going to be a movie 25 years from now or 10 years from now or five years from now where they, they're going over the events of the last 15 years and we'll see these, you know, we'll see Trump as president and, and at some point someone's going to show a photograph of a basketball court that is completely empty. Right. All oh, the, the, the video empty, is going to be bizarre. Right, and everyone's going to everyone's going to know. Oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. Well, I, because my, that's a major historic moment in yeah. my life, and I think that's what we're going. My, my own right comparison now. to to Derek this morning was, I was in the Channel Five newsroom on 9/11, and I remember very specifically thinking to myself, "Remember this, because it's such an historic day, and you're in a newsroom and you're mm -hmm. chasing whatever we were chasing at the time." but that the world will not be the same tomorrow as it was yesterday because of this very event. And it, 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 yesterday wasn't 9-11-like, but it reminded me of that. It reminded me of a pivot point mm -hmm. in history where you say this is not about one traveling lady who might have been sick or someone in St. Louis. This is really a global challenge that the United States for various reasons isn't completely matched up with yet, and that we're seeing the effects of that in all these cancellations and other decisions that are being made. Yeah, I think you're, yeah, I think you're 100% right. And I, I think if people think this is being um, alarmist, kind of alarmist or, or overblown or, or hyped or, or some kind of media creation, that what happened yesterday is a sense that, I think you got the notion that things have hit a critical mass when all of these different organizations around the country and around the world are coming together and saying, no, everybody, this is big news. And, and importantly, they are not answerable to government. That you know, We've made that point a couple right. times here. These are people who are answerable to the people who patronize them. Right, and yeah. I do get the sense, and when that movie is made or the book is written, as it will be, that people will look at government as an institution that lagged behind all of these other- Very much uh, so. Uh, you know, so except far. maybe for local <laughs> health departments. And that's kind of my final question, Katie, and we'll start with you. Do we, you know, if we sit here a month from now, do, do we, will we say, boy, the, it took a while, but boy, the region really stepped up and did what it needed to do? Or does it seem more like an ad hoc each day this is our new challenge, and then a month from now we'll go, boy, this is still a pretty messy deal, just top to bottom. What's your view? I think it's really hard to say at this point because right. it'll depend on a lot of people's individual choices. 
Um, there's... I got to remember, I guess I'm asking this because two weeks ago, I remember watching the health director of Kansas City, Rex Archer, sort of go, nah, don't worry about it. It's not going to be a deal. And we think we've got yeah. a handle on it. And today, a state of emergency, which I can't ever, I've lived in Kansas City for 40 years. I don't remember ever a state of, I mean, we, we're going to have to go back in the books, but that, you know, we don't call those every six months in Kansas City. So the exponential growth of it, and I guess what I'm asking is, do we expect it to continue that way, or will it at some point level out? Or, I mean, obviously yeah. two years from now or three, but but in the near term future, um, it's still too early to say. Maybe. Hard yeah, to predict, isn't it? Yeah. Right, it's definitely hard to predict because I yeah. think part of the thing with this is if if we're doing everything right now, then in six months a lot of the general public will say it was overblown right. because it will not have spread super substantially. Right, just the, the dog didn't bark, um, ended up barking. Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of what I'm hearing is people are saying, you know, isn't this just a really bad cold, which for, you know, a young, healthy person, it's true, but the danger with the young, healthy person getting it is Adler that they'll spread it. That's why Adler and I are paying to... particular close attention to this story <laughs> mm -hmm. because, because there are populations that are more at risk. At least mm -hmm. that's what we're told. And right. I don't know about him, but I'm, I'm right in the pocket of some of those concerns. <laughs> what are we going to do a month from now, do you think, Eric? I mean, just based on your own observations, your own I don't know. Reporting. You know, I mean, I think it's a, just an evolving story, just as the news right. is evolving and, and, and sort of putting these But it seems like such out. a rocket ship yesterday, and you do get the sense that, man, if every day's like that, where are we going to be a month from now? I mean, right. It, so here's my hope, and, and, I, and I think it's a false hope. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of yeah. smiling over here. You know, I hope it's Y2K, right? I hope it's, it's a, a lot of fire and fury um, that when the day comes, everyone says, oh, wow, wasn't that a whole, you know, everyone stayed home and are the computers going to shut down and is the world going yeah. to collapse? And I, and, just and I hope that it, I hope that it doesn't happen. Yes. Right. But is that because they were prepared for Y2K? I was about to say. Or is it because it didn't happen? And, and my hope is that in the coming months, there's preparation. And it doesn't happen like right. we hope it. That, and, that and, people are saying. It's and just happen. as a footnote to that, after Y2K, reporters got crap all over the world. Oh, you hype this. You may. I'll take I, the crap. You know exactly what? Happy right. to take the crap. Happy to, happy take, to the take the crap. And, yeah. cut past. and it's right. all because every smart computer programmer from 19 from you know 1998 to 1999 right. was working. doing everything they could to make sure that it didn't happen. And right. that that's the frustration is that work goes unsung when hey you know all these people prevented a catastrophe from happening and everybody just says oh so i think we all derek you'd agree with what eric said which is just so true that if it turns out not to be a catastrophe everyone will be happier and happy to take the criticism and crap mm -hmm. if this just goes away that's right uh mm -hmm. but but there's also a sense that that uh maybe it won't go away well listen one case in missouri one case in kansas i i I'm not a huge betting person, but right. I would bet that's not going to last. Yeah. All right. Eric Adler, thank you so much for coming in for the podcast. Katie Bernard, uh, great work. And uh, I should point out before we uh, uh, sign off that th these are two great reporters. The whole newsroom is involved mm -hmm. in this effort. Lisa Gutierrez, others are writing about this story, paying close attention. It's all hands on deck. And uh, we're doing our very best to be calm and fact-focused as we always are. Uh, and responding to what, by any measure, was an extraordinary 
a day yesterday and has been an extraordinary story and will continue to be so. So thanks to both of you guys for coming in and thanks to the whole staff, editors, photographers, everybody working on this in terms of our coverage. You're taking my Clorox. <laughs> and this room is now dirty again. Yes, we have to clean up when we go. Thanks again, you guys. Derek Donovan, my colleague on the Stars Editorial Board. As always, thanks for your contributions. I'm Dave Helling with the Stars Editorial Board and you have been on Deep Background. 